Welcome back to the Elise DeLucci Show. I'm Elise, and welcome to my living room on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. I'm going to apologize in advance if you hear uh, an insane jackhammer, okay, like noise from from the outside. I don't know what kind of construction work they're doing out there at my apartments in the back of the building. It's usually very quiet. I have the window closed, but anyway, anywho, how are you? You good? So today, episode 23, we are talking about... Oi, divorce guilt, what to do with the past stuff of like your memories from your divorce, like your wedding albums, the address. I mean, like, do you just throw it out? We're talking about that. The South of France. Oh my God, this insane story about a husband posting some shit about his wife online. Um, Cardi B, Christmas shopping. And let me tell you about what just happened to me at Starbucks. I can't even deal. Anyway, so sit back. Relax, take a sip of your drink or your coffee, and listen to me, Elise. Fact of the day, honey does not ever go bad if the lid is on. Can you believe that? Yeah, I didn't know this. I mean, you know, here's the thing. I have honey in my cabinet. Well, I use it a lot. That's the thing. I put it in tea. So I use it a lot. But um, they said that they say that if you if you, if the lid stays on and you don't put any water in it, the honey will never go bad. They also say if you obviously keep the lid off, then the honey will go bad. But who 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 stores honey with the lid off? Like really? And, but here's the other thing. So the fact is that the honey doesn't go bad, which I find mind blowing. But I want somebody tell somebody to tell me why when I go in my grandmother's house and I open up her cabinet and I see her honey bunny. Why it looks like it's crystallized, and it's a science experiment. So it, it doesn't go bad, but like, is it you? Is it usable? Anyway, let me tell you something. Okay, I I'm all hopped up. I was just in Starbucks, and honestly, honestly, the girl in front of me, she ordered sixteen coffees. They're shooting a movie in my neighborhood. I don't know what movie, and um, and so there's all these production people, and you know. They had my block shut down the other day, whatever, and and there's a bunch of people, a bunch of like young people, you know, running around with the the like the mic packs on the on their back, you know, on their belt. And uh, this one girl walks in, like she runs the shit, like she runs this Starbucks, like she's the franchise owner, and 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 she's like like yeah, I'll get like sixteen peppermint patties, a side of tofu, sugar free, fat free, ten croissants, and I'm this isn't even a mobile order. Meanwhile, the whole place is backed up. And I'm just trying to get a dessert coffee, a venti white chocolate mocha with whipped cream. And, you know, of course, because the, the, everybody's so, everybody's fatigued, has coffee fatigue, uh, and the baristas have coffee fatigue. I can't, they, they forgot to put my whipped cream on it. So you might hear occasionally in this episode, the sound of ready whip squirting out of the can, me putting in the coffee. Oh, I'm so mad. I just think it's so rude. Like, at least use the app and put your order in, you know, in advance. And then and then come in and pick it all up. But to make people wait for 16 Starbucks coffee. One Starbucks coffee is enough to wait for, you know? And of course, you know, and of course there was like two two baristas behind. I don't, I don't know why they just don't have more people. I mean, this is a big event getting coffee for people these days. I mean, everything else is freaking closed or closing at, you know, God knows what hour. So people go to Starbucks. Anyway. So, how was your week? How was your weekend? Was it good? My weekend was cold. It was cold here in New York. Um, I didn't really do that much. You know, uh, my ex had the kids, so, I, you know, it was sort of my, my weekend off, I guess you could say. But uh, I... 
thought, oh, I'm going to do Christmas shopping. I'm going to do this. And I, I didn't, I really didn't do, I really didn't do anything. Like, and it's funny because every year, I don't know if you do this, but every year I, I'm like, this is me. After, after Christmas, like I'm going to say this to you in like January. I'm going to be like, you know what? Guys, next year, I'm going to start my Christmas shopping in October. No, or maybe early November. It's too stressful to get it all done in December. And then I say this every year. And then and then I'll, you'll hear from me next year, December 15th, being like, oh, I got to do my Christmas shopping still. And I'm not a procrastinator. Let me just say, I, I do not procrastinate. I am, I am a shop. I'm a very good, thorough shopper. I'm a planner. But I feel like this year just crept up on me, one. And two... Oh, you know, sometimes finding like the right thing for the for everybody is exhausting. You know, like I I I, I like I, I I'm all over things. Like I'm like, oh, should I get my sisters like a pair of pajamas from you know Banana Republic, or oh, should I get them you know like a scarf and ah, and then and then and then it's December and I have nothing. So that's where I am right now. Um, but I'm curious now if you did you shopping or finished it? I mean, everybody's been inside for so long. I mean, I feel like Amazon, you know, everybody bought a ton of stuff on Amazon considering, I think I told you a few weeks ago that their workforce like went up by 4X or their revenues went up by 4X in this pandemic. So the other day, um, um, the watch was a couple weeks ago. I was on Instagram and, or maybe it was TikTok. I don't know. Cardi B posted a video about how to wash your ass. By the way, oh, like, not safe for work, not safe for kids. Like, what is it? NSFC, not, not safe for children. I, I I was I was so taken back by it. Like, it was, you know, I mean, it was, it was on brand for her, you know? She was like, you know, my mom, when I was growing up, told me that, you know, every, you know, you, you got to learn how to wash your ass when you get to be older, you know, when you need to know how to wash your ass. And, sh- and then she talks about how, how she washes her butt on her TikTok or her Instagram, whatever this is. You could go find it. I don't know. And, you know, at first I was horrified. And then I was like, tell me more, Cardi B. Nobody talks about this. Let's hear the secrets. But then, then I was sort of like, you know, a lot of people, a lot of young people, you know, like, you know, she's, she's, she is Cardi B. She's an influencer. A lot of young kids look up to her and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And like, I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm a mother of two small children, two small girls. And if my daughter's at... 10 or 12 on, you know, the web, because they already are obviously watching YouTube or whatever, even though I try to really do the parental regulations for that. But if they're like on whatever it is, it's going to be in a, in a few years time, TikTok or whatever, if they're watching this thing, I'm not going to want them to hear about how a grown woman is talking about how she washes her tushy. Like, it's not appropriate. And like, you know, and it goes back to this whole, in my industry, like a few years ago, well, I mean, the conversations still happen about how do you filter this sort of stuff? And obviously that's why YouTube Kids came out and that's why there's all these sort of parental controls. But like, is there parental controls on TikTok or Instagram? I don't know. And if you follow, if you follow like one of the, you know, one some some celebrity that you're in, you like or whatever. How are you, the parents, supposed to censor this kind of shit? Anyway, it's just a thought. You know, because obviously, like I'm saying, the adult in me is like, oh, I want to hear about that, Cardi. But I don't want to talk about it to the 13 year old girls out there. Um, so the velour jumpsuit is back. Apparently, did you hear this news? <laughs> Nobody told me this when I was in my, you know. 3 a.m. 3 scavenger hunt of online shopping, as I do. Um, 
I was looking like at all these stores and I'm like, why is everybody selling the velour jumpsuit? Like, is, is this back the velour sweatsuit? I, I loved a good velour sweatsuit. I mean, I don't have any of mine anymore. I got rid of them. They wouldn't even fit me even if I had them. But I had one, like one I loved. I think it was Max Studio, and I think I got it in Lowman's. And it was literally like this very rich teal color. And I just, I just freaking loved it. Like, I, I just loved it. I, I don't know. But did you wear a lot of velour jumpsuits? I, I, I'm saying jumpsuit, like, as if it's like flash dance. A sweatsuit, you know, a tracksuit. Um, I, I hope, though, that, like, you know, I, I don't want velour sweatsuits to come back where everybody's walking walking around with rhinestones on their ass like remember the bb jump you know the bb on the back of the butt i'm not into that new york and co obviously sold a lot of velour sweatsuits and their sizing i i didn't buy a lot from there because their sizing is always weird but one time i did go in there um to try a velour suit on at the staten island mall um and obviously this is you know over well over 10 years ago and um and, and this, you know, and I, I don't know, maybe at the time I was like a size four, I don't know. And I, I, I was like, look, I was like, the only thing that fit was like a size zero. Like that, that store just has the most, the, the most flattering sizing ever. It's like a good place to tell the guy to get you stuff, right? You're like, oh, wait, honey, what store do you like? Oh, New York and go, oh, what size are you? Mm, mm, mm. I'm a two. I'm a two. Really? Oh, you are. You're a two. Really? But that's funny because you fit into my sweatpants. Well, you know. Listen, in ladies' clothes, I'm a two, so you can't really... I mean, it's good, right? Is that store even still around, by the way? I don't even know if there's one. I mean, I, I don't know if there's one in the city in Manhattan. I know that there was one, I think, in Bay Ridge on 86th Street. And I know that they're in the malls, but I don't know. And then, you know, and on the on the velour, the feel of velour... Feel of Allure, which, you know, I'm, I'm down with. Feel of Allure, Sergio Tacchini, for, for the men. Like, listen, I, I like that look. I'm not saying that I want to walk around with Tony Soprano. I, I'm, like, not all the time. But I think that when you come home, you want to derobe. The guy put on your house clothes. Like, I get it. You could throw a pair of sweats on and a white T-shirt or any sort of T-shirt. But, like, I, I don't know. I, I like the matching. I like the matching thing. And I and I like the, I like the feel of Allure. In fact, so I was on the Feel of website to see, like, are they even selling? feel of velour sweatsuits and I didn't see a lot I didn't see a lot and then I went on Macy's because I know that Macy's used to sell a lot of them and I didn't see them on there either like I I know like as if like why am I looking for that like I'm one I'm a woman and I'm not going to be wearing a men's feel of velour but I'm I was just curious you know so I don't know I I haven't bought one yet maybe you have but I'm totally into it I really am um you know what's so funny that I just read about? You know, obviously, how a lot of places, oh, everybody's doing outdoor dining, especially here. I didn't know that New York City um, opened a, a program for, for retail stores. It was called the Open Storefronts Program. And there's like 40,000 businesses, 40,000 retail stores in the five boroughs of New York City. And, and only like 550 of them applied for this open storefront. And I don't know why. Like, what? You know, like, I don't know. Like, it, you tell me. If you're walking down the street, right, and, and you know, you could just say, say say you're having a nice Saturday. You go, you go out. You go to the diner. You're sitting outside with a nice little, you know, under the tent with the heater. 
And then you want to take a little stroll and you're walking down the block and then you see, you know, one of the stores that you like to shop in with tables set up and tents and the whole thing. I I don't know. Like they could do an outdoor showroom sort of thing. Like they, I I don't know what, I do not know. I would like that. Wouldn't you like that? I would think it's actually like less steps. I don't have to go into the store. I don't have to deal with people. I don't know why only 550 businesses in New York City took advantage of that. I, I love a good flea market. I love a good outdoor shopping. I love it. Let me tell you the be- the best the best flea market. Well, first of all, if you know any good flea market flea markets or outdoor shopping, I definitely want to know. I love all that kind of stuff. I mean, no one's obviously doing it now because this is you know year of misery. But the best I have ever went to in my life is in Antibes in France. I know, so fancy, right? I was in France. I was like I was at uh, Cannes in Cannes. For uh, Can Lions, which is a um, media tech sort of festival, comes right after um, you know Can the the movie uh, film festival, Can Film Festival, Can Lions. So I was there, and I my hotel, I couldn't get a hotel in Can because um, I don't know, I just couldn't. It was like it was like I was crowded. I didn't I didn't book it well in advance. You know, it was work travel, whatever. And uh, I wound up booking a hotel. I like to stay at American chains when I go abroad, not because I don't like the uh, the chains that these or, or the hotels, the, the sort of local hotels. I do. I just had really shitty experiences at them. Like one time, I went to a hotel. I was also another. This is another time in France. I got into the hotel. The mattress was sagging and was damp. I mean, it was probably some shithole. It was a thousand years ago. But my point is, is that I do sometimes like to stay at American chains when I go. Not always, because, you know, I, I think I talked actually about a hotel, a chateau, um, also in France. What am I having? A, a, what am I feeling? Frenchy these days? I don't think I am. I haven't had French food in ages or anything like this. But but I think I talked about a, a hotel a few weeks ago in Paris. Was not a chain. But in this case, I stayed at the chain. So I stayed at this hotel in Antibes because there was no hotels left in Cam. And the hotel, it was good. You should look at it. If you ever want to go to the south of France and you want to stay at an American chain and you don't want to spend a lot of money, the hotel I stayed at was called AC Hotel. Literally, A, letter A, letter C. It's an AC Hotels is a chain owned by Marriott. So the hotel was in a part of, uh, so south of France, event was in Cam. My hotel was in Antibes, specifically in the part of Antibes, uh, Juan Le Pont. I know. I know. Like, I mean, can't, like, first of all, I, Juan Le That's how you say it. It's, it's like Juan, J-U-A-N, and then space L-E-S space P-I-N-S. That's the name of the little uh, place I was in. So I was at this hotel, and one day I finished work early, and I got, you know, I got back to my hotel, and I was changing. I was like, oh, I'm going to walk around and see what's around. And there was this beautiful, um, this, the, I don't know, Provencal market, outdoor market, and you know, and they, they call, it's actually a famous outdoor market. I didn't even know that the market is called the Provençal um, market, Côte d'Azur. And that's obviously in the South of France, in France, in Antibes. And it was flooded with the most amazing things. Like I got, I brought a lot of stuff back that I remember. Um, you know, they have so much lavender in France. And so I, I got, um, lavender flavored honey. Actually, how funny is that? As I was talking about honey, I got lavender flavored honey, which is really nice. It, it actually has like lavender pieces in it. If I had this on video, I would show it to you because I still have it. Um, 
I got like some lavender sachet stuff. I bought um, an embroidered, a couple of embroidered tablecloths from like sort of, I don't know, this French cotton and they have a sort of a floral embroidery. Like they kind of look like your grandmother's tablecloths, but they're like also really chic. They are so nice. Literally, I dream about going back to that, that outdoor market. So, you know, I don't know, in New York, I mean, we should have these kind of things, no? Maybe not a flea market, you can't do social distancing, but definitely uh, the stores. I don't know, just my thought. So I was talking about recipes, you know, before the holidays. I said, oh, you know, like, you know, I, I like to do, do that recipe thing. But I'll, I'm not going to tell, I want to tell you a recipe that I made yesterday that I did not like. <laughs> okay. I mean, because what's the point? Is everything like, you know, wine, cheese, and roses? No. Um, so I had the spaghetti squash, you know, big thing, big old thing. I had it on my counter for a couple weeks. And my plan was to roast it and then put, you know, like, and do it as like a pasta substitute, you know, put tomato sauce on it with grated cheese and do it like that. And I, I, but I did not do that. I was, I had to make dinner last night and I didn't have, I wasn't really prepared. I had like a rotisserie chicken in the thing and I had a couple of potatoes. I was like, ah, let me make the squash. So I roasted the squash. I cut the squash in half. You know, I, I scooped out the seeds and then, you know, to roast the squash, you got to, you got to put um, olive oil, you take a baking tray, and then you put olive oil, salt, and pepper on it, and then you flip it cut side down, cut side down on the baking tray. So, And I, I baked it for about 425, uh, maybe like 45 minutes. But I think you're supposed to bake it anywhere from like 40 to 60 minutes. I mean, it depends how big the thing is, you know, but you know when it's done, when you can pierce sort of the, the, the flesh with the fork, right? But so anyway... After it comes out and it cools down, I'm using a fork, you know, sort of been raking, raking the flesh out, and uh, and I put it all, you know, in a little dish. And I read somewhere that you can also a nice way to eat spaghetti squash is instead of if you don't want to do it like pasta, like with the red sauce, you could just put butter and grated cheese on it. So I put some um, a little more salt and pepper on it, like a couple of tablespoons of butter and grated cheese. Sat down. Ate it as a side dish. Blah. Blah. I don't know. I, I honestly didn't think it wasn't going to taste good unless I had a whole stick of butter in there. And I mean, like, uh, that, that's literally just begging for love handles. That, that <laughs> you know? I mean, I don't know. There's so many other things that I would like to eat with a stick of butter on it. Like a baked potato. Or... I don't know, macaroni and cheese or, mm, like, oatmeal cookies. Because, I mean, they're oatmeal, so they're kind of healthy. But spaghetti squash, nah. I don't recommend. I would just, I like just, with the, if I eat it, it's because I'm trying to diet. I'm trying not to eat macaroni. And, uh, you know, which obviously I call, uh, macro, I say macaroni for everything. You know, spaghetti, macaroni and cheese, or, you know, whatever, lasagna. Everything's macaroni. My family says a lot of old old school time people say that. Anyway, but I'm not. I'm just not into the spaghetti squash with the butter and the cheese. And, ah, yuck! I. But that's not to say I don't like spaghetti squash. I do, and I know that you can put it in casseroles and you could do other little things with it. But mm, ah, I wouldn't do the butter and the cheese ever. Anyway, so you know, if you get out of a long term relationship, which I'm sure. You know, we all have, obviously. Or if you're divorced, like moi. Um, 
there's so much stuff like that you have, like from, from being married. No, I mean, I, this sort of came to me the other day because I, I did a, um, a TikTok about like bridal hair or something, a, a beehive, which is a whole nother thing. But I was basically just saying how I was saying on TikTok that, oh, when I got, when I went for my wedding trial appointment, I sat in the chair and I was like, I want a beehive and that, and you know, it's all true. And then some of the comments were, oh my God, at least can you post a picture? And so I went into my bookshelf I'm looking at right now and I'm like, wait, let me find, um, one of my wedding pictures and I'll take a picture of it and I'll, you know, I'll post it on TikTok and of the hair, the hairdo. And it wasn't quite a beehive. It wasn't an Amy House wine, a beehive, Amy Winehouse. It wasn't a B-52's beehive. It was like a cross between a beehive and a French twist. And that's because like I had a problem at the trial. I wound up going to somebody else um, and, who did a great job. But but it wasn't like high super drama. I mean, I think that they probably thought I was like insane wedding. And I was just like, no, I'm just really like dramatic. And I just love the idea of a beehive. But anyway, I couldn't find the wedding picture. And I'm just like, why can't I find this? And then I'm like, well, because I put that shit in my storage basement space. I actually should say, I do have my wedding album up so high in my bookshelf. I don't even have a ladder tall enough to get it down. And when I do, I'll take a picture of it. But it made me just think about all the stuff that I have in, uh, in just like packed away from, from my wedding. And I'm curious, like, what do you guys do with all this stuff? It's like, and it's, 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 it's sad to me because, you know, it's like, well, here's the thing. You get divorced and you go through those stages of divorce. I think I talked about it like one in one of the earlier episodes of the podcast. Right. And so, and you know, the stages denial, you know, regret, whatever, ambivalence or something like this. But once you get through that cycle, and I let me tell you, and I don't feel that I'm still through the cycle. I don't think I'm ever going to be finished with the cycle by the by. So if you're thinking about getting divorced, I know some of you are because you you email me. If you're thinking about getting divorced or whatever, I think I said this before, the grass isn't always greener, okay? And you never really get over this like regret and, and, and guilt and blah, 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 in my opinion. But when I started to shed some of that emotional baggage, some of it, like, you know, because it, it gets obviously less as time goes on. But the one thing that's still there is all the stuff. So isn't that funny? And like, isn't it funny? It made me think about this. Like, and when I move or wherever, if I, if I was to move out of my place right now, I'd be packing up all my stuff, including all of my memories from my marriage and carrying that around with me, literally toting those, that, that physical baggage of memories for life. And we do, because where else am I going to put it? It's my stuff. And we do so much work on ourselves to get rid of all the emotional stuff that we go through, you know, heal ourselves emotionally. But then we're, but, but isn't it funny? But yet, so we do all that and we sometimes can feel cleansed emotionally, but then actual physical, we actually have physical baggage weighing us down. If I was to go into another apartment in Manhattan, I would have to probably have an apartment with this, if it's enough storage, for example, I'd have to have a closet just devoted to all of my wedding stuff. And it just weighs you down. Literally, it weighs you, you need more space. And I, you know, like, that's why you have to clear yourself emotionally because you need to make more space for new things and happy things. But my point is, is that I have all this shit and it's not shit, but it's like the wedding dress, like really big, big, 
big bride monster dress, like stuffed in a cardboard box, like wrapped in like a blue plastic. Like, really? Like, why? Why am I saving that? It's probably moldy. Like, it's never gonna fit me. Um, and I'm pretty sure my daughters aren't gonna want to wear it. Like, but whatever. Um, so it's like, what do you do with all of this stuff? Um, and I started thinking about it, and you know, you know, I would never, I would never throw it away. I would never throw it away. Like there are some girls I know that are like, ah, you know what? I got divorced. Fuck it. But I'm taught, but it's like, really? Listen, you went, depending on how long you were married for, depending on if you have kids or not, you know, it's all circumstantial, but your marriage shaped who you are essentially, right? I mean, for better or worse, it did. It shaped who you are today. So do you want to sort of dishonor that go against that and just throw away sort of this this all these memories that shaped your life like is life really all about wiping the slate clean like it's funny because you know on social media now social media it's like if you were married and divorced like and you go on someone's Facebook page or whatever you'll never see a picture of them as a bride and groom and and you know and I get the varying reasons why but it's like they've erased that shit they've erased that from their social media profile that clean slate clean Clean relationship sleep. But you're not really going to do that with your physical stuff. I mean, right? Well, I, I don't know. I'm not. But again, like I said, I think it's different because, I, you know, I have two kids. Like when my kids are, well, imagine I threw that shit away. Imagine I threw that in a way and just in, in a crazy rage or just I was like emotionally distraught and I was like, fuck it. I'm throwing all these gifts away from my wedding and I don't want the album and I don't want the dress and all this other stuff, scrapbooks and photo albums. What would it be like if my kids are older and they're like, mommy, can I see your wedding dress? Or like, mommy, like, do you have pictures from your honeymoon? And I'm like with daddy. And I'm just like, yeah, nah, I threw it away. Nah. And let me tell you something. My mother, I love her, but <clears throat> she she threw away a lot of stuff. And it, and, it, I, I, and I don't like it. I have her wedding album. I have my mom's wedding album. But I don't like that. Because it's like, you can't just go erase your life. <clears throat> so some people do these things of like now, you know, they, they, they sort of scan, like, you know, they take pictures of everything and they sort of scan it all in and, uh, make some sort of video of all, all their stuff. But, uh, I don't know. I'm just curious to know what you guys do. I'm not throwing it out. I'm just keeping it. It's just going to weigh me down for the rest of my life. I mean, what am I going to say? I'm going to run around with an old bridal dress till I'm 80 years old. Like, yeah, like, you know, (laughs) like a lunatic. I I refuse to put it in the garbage. I just refuse. People say, I read this one thing and the guy was like, um, just like sometimes things don't work out and you got to put it to rest and just like literally get rid of it and just sort of start, start over. And he talked about this quote. I wrote it down. Hold on. Where is it? Nora Ephron said, let me read it to you. It says, um, <clears throat> Nora Ephron said this about divorce. The dream dies... The dream dies, which leaves you with a choice. You can settle for reality, or you can go off like a fool and dream another dream. And so, you know, he was sort of saying that that quote came to his mind, you know, on how you should hang on or not hang on to your your your, your stuff from your last marriage. And look, I think we should all go on and dream another dream. If you're divorced or you're unhappy, go dream another dream. You only live once. But I don't know if that means you should get rid of all your shit. I'm curious to know what you did. I think it's, um, I, I don't know. I mean, so like I, like I said, so many people, in my opinion, they talk about, 
they talk about all the stuff on the inside you need to do, but not the outside. And then, I don't know. If my opinion, if all of a sudden I just got rid of all of my stuff, I would think like my kid, I would expect my kid to be like, what kind of animal are you, ma? <laughs> like, really? Like, re- really? You got nothing. Nothing. Anyway. So, um, oh my God, you're going to die. Well, like literally you're actually going to die. So one of my girlfriends sent me this post, um, on Reddit and I couldn't even believe it. Wait, hold on. I have to take a sip of this. My dessert coffee. Mm. It's totally, the the whipped cream totally melted into the coffee. It needs more, but I know I'm not going to be on a serious sugar high. Anyway, okay. This is crazy. So there's a woman who's been married to her husband for 15 years. 15 years. They have three kids. They own a home. She says they have a mortgage. Um, And she just found out, brace yourself, she just found out that her husband of 15 years has been secretly taping sex, their sex, wait, and posting them online. And some of these videos are showing the wife's face. Yeah. She doesn't know how he does it. She says, I don't know how he did it. She thinks maybe he used his uh, iPhone, you know, or something like this. And basically what he did was he created a fake profile. This is dead serious. I'm dead serious. This is, this is true. He created a fake personal profile online for her and him. And he's been chatting with people, sending videos, and he's been posting, and he's been posting them on uh, TikTok and Snapchat and sending them on email. And um, the woman is so distraught and she's mortified. And she said she in the thing, she's suicidal. And she doesn't know what to do and she wants advice, right? And my friend sent this to me. Not not just just as like a can you fucking believe this shit? And I was like, no, no, I can't. And like I I some of the comments on it um are good. Like some of the comments are like, your husband's a predator, this is illegal, you know, fuck him, divorce him, sue him to the moon. But like let for okay. Okay, I feel like we need to like unpack this for a second. You have a husband and you give this guy you have together three beautiful children and you go and you have this very intimate and private and deep relationship marriage and then that slob kebab of a guy goes and takes out what his iPhone what does he do what does he put it on a mount in the bedroom somewhere you're not looking like a fucking creep and he just what is filmed what does he push record or what does he have one of those like little um bluetooth little remote control things for your phone because they you know they exist if you don't know and 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 push record like while you're in the bed about to do the do what a sick fuck honest honestly Oh my God, I would become Lorena Bobbitt. I would become Lorena Bobbitt. I would probably wind up being incarcerated. But you want to know what? All kidding aside, like, well, I've actually, I don't actually think that's kidding because I think that's crazy. And then to put the goal of him to not only post it online, which I mean, that's a federal offense. I mean, it's a violation of privacy. I mean, there's everything. But but on top of that, showing your face, like what? The guy, the guy clearly has mental issues, right? I mean, what? What else is that? He obviously, I mean, what I would do, I was in that situation. I would, I don't even, well, you know, here's the thing. I'm curious on what you would do because I was just going to say that I would go to the police, you know, right out of the gate. But it's like, do you really want to do that? Because you don't know what the ramifications are. And then 
do you want to, and then I thought, well, maybe I would confront him, but do you want to confront him? Because you might, he might be a lunatic. Like really, like you, like, you know, you don't freaking stranger you've been sleeping next to all these years, right? Like, so do you want to confront him and then give him the opportunity to go backpedal and, you know, erase things or, or even blow it up even further, go put more of your personal sex life out on the internet? So I think what I would do in that situation was I'd probably talk to a lawyer. I'd probably go to a lawyer, a divorce lawyer, and I would tell them what was going on. And then, based on lawyer's advice, I, I mean, eventually I'd definitely go to the police. I mean, because I th- I believe, I don't know. Of course you're going to divorce his ass, right? I mean, you obviously would. I mean, I don't know how you could forgive somebody like that. I don't care if he was the sole provider financially for my family. I don't care. I would work in fucking McDonald's. I would work the night shift. I wouldn't care. I would. I could never. I could never. I could. That is such a violation. I mean, this poor woman scarred for life. And like, I'm. I'm. Who knows where this woman lives? And who, who knows? She's obviously not listening to this this podcast. I mean, can you imagine if she was? But she's not. We're not that big. But it's like, oh my god! If anybody knew anybody like this, I mean, my god suicide that's just so I don't even know what to say about that she totally is just thinking that because she's so mortified right I mean but she she needs to just honestly she needs to like just get some inner strength and go talk to her I hope she has some girlfriends or some family that she can go to because this is this is so fucking traumatic but like you know the other thing is that why did he do this like wouldn't you want to know why did he do it why does he think that this is okay like, why does he have to go defame you, you know, make up a fake account, you know, just post your shit all over the place? Because I don't know. Is it defamation if he's, if he's posting you without, like, putting your name down? I don't, I don't really know any of that kind of stuff. But, like, it's just fucked up. It's really, really fucked up. And, you know, it's not I, – I get this sense from, like, this, this post – that I read that she, it's not like she, her and him were doing, you know, doing crazy shit, you know, oh shit, I just dropped something, doing crazy shit, like, you know, early on in their marriage or something, and then all of a sudden this thing happens, and she, you know, no, it sounds like she's just a nice, normal mom, and her husband's a fucking psychopath. I am sorry to my mom, if you're listening, or if anybody's offended by the cursing, I really have to stop the cursing. I mean, it's, it's, it's not becoming, it's, it's not, but you know, I, I just get so crazy. Anyway, what a slob. When I hear stories like that, it just makes me like think like, who can you even trust? You know, it's so hard, especially today. Like, you know, like all these guys, everybody, and, girl, and girls, everybody's like uh, hooked on their phone, obsessed with their phone. God forbid it leaves their pocket. God forbid you touch it. It's always face down on the couch. Like what the fuck is going on there? And it's like, really? Like, because I don't know. Are you like, is there something that I should know about? Like on your phone when it's, you know, I mean, this is not, I'm not talking about my boyfriend or any one in particular. I'm talking about, I feel like this is a blanket statement for men, very protective of their phone. At least a lot of the men that I met. Even friends of mine. And who knows? You might you might have some... One of these guys could be doing this creepy shit too. We live in such a voyeuristic society. It's so crazy. Anyway. Thought I would share. Thought I would... Thought you would appreciate. I know you do. So, um... Product. Product review. Um... I just wanted to give a shout out to my favorite wet and wild lip... Li- <laughs> my favorite wet and wild lip liner... 
Number 666, Brandywine. It's literally the best lip liner on the face of the earth. No Wet n Wild isn't paying me to say this, or do they send me any samples or anything, though they should, because this I, I would be happy to talk about it forever. I've been wearing this lip liner for since I feel like it came out, which is, I don't know, since I was in junior high or something. It's literally the best color. It's like not red, not brown, not maroon, like almost has a little tinge of almost sparkle in it it's just so nice it's like if you put it on very light like gently line your lips in it it could almost come off like a nude and then you can also wear it with lipstick and obviously accentuate you know but wet and wild 666 99 cents from your drugstore nearby i did used to do um well i tried to do voiceovers but you know, I didn't get a lot of commercial. I tried to. Do, I had a, a voiceover coach. Isn't that funny? I tried to do commercial. This like this is me. Total tangent. I tried to do. Um, I, I was trained to do commercial uh, voiceovers, but and I had a couple agents. I went on a lot of auditions, but of course, I had to neutralize my accent, and uh, I didn't book. Although I do think I would be very successful at animation voiceover. If you or know somebody that's a voiceover agent, have them call for animation. Different cartoons. Have them call me. But it is like an advertisement talking about Wet n Wild because I love it so much. And it's hard to find. They always sell out. No, but 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 my real product reveal outside of shout out is um, one of these brands that I really like and I get, get gifts from time to time. And I think I mentioned them once before on some, some area of social media, not the podcast long, Doodad and Fandango. <laughs> yes, it's a real brand. Doodad, D-O-O-D-A-D. And Fandango, F-A-N-D-A-N-G-O. They are an accessory company out of Australia, and they make these crazy big plastic earrings and bracelets and necklaces that are just like, they're so kitschy. They, they have all these crazy things. Somebody actually bought me Fran Drescher earrings, Dudette and Fandango, Fran Drescher earrings. They're, they're a picture of Fran Drescher. I fucking love them. In fact, I would love to do Dan and Fandango to do custom stuff. I don't even know if they do that. That would be a great gift. But anyway, they have these earrings I saw on their website the other day. Shut up, Karen. <laughs> I thought that was just so funny. And they also have um, COVID, a COVID line. Toilet paper, Windex. And they're just these, gi- like, literally giant Windex earrings. I know, like, nobody would ever wear this. And then, like, out. I shouldn't say that, though. I shouldn't say it. If you're listening to Dan and Fandango designer, you would wear it out. You just can't wear it to work, depending on where you work. I do wear my Fran Drescher earrings out, you know, if I'm having a night out on the town, baby. Not that I go anywhere these days. But um, they're just these crazy, funky, kooky, eccentric jewelry brands. And they're not cheap. It, it was This was a nice gift, um, a nice gift that I got years ago. And it was, uh, at the earrings, I think, were like 80 or $100. But they're like really an art piece. They really are. I make a lot of excuses for expensive stuff and refer to it as art piece. Sort of like my my jeweled Swarovski lips phone I'm looking at right now. Like, I bought that and I was like, years ago. And I was like, that's unnecessary. But it's an art piece. <laughs> but you should check it out. So they're from Australia. I think they ship everywhere. The designer is a girl, uh, Nikita. I think her last name is like Majajas or something. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right. Nikita, if you're listening, I'm sorry. And Nikita, if you're listening... Feel free to do a discount for my listeners. That would be great. Or or, or if you want to do a custom pair of earrings of Elise DeLucci, I'd love that too. No, but I do that at Fandango. Check them out. They're like just so crazy and kooky. But hopefully we can get a discount going. That would be awesome. Um, 
questions from the audience. Okay, this is from a guy. He messaged me um, on Instagram and he said, Hey, Lise, I listened to your podcast. I love it. Even though you really talk more for the women, I'm not so great at dating. What date questions can I ask a woman? Isn't that nice? You're such a nice, whoever asked that, you're such a nice man. Because not only are you thinking about questions that you should ask the ladies in your life, the the, the sutresses, you're asking so, another woman what would be good. Like you're doing research on top of research. If you're single, I mean, I might be in love with you. <laughs> these are the questions. So I, I read this uh, read this question, your question before, and these are the questions I think would be fun to answer. If I was on a date with a new guy, um, you know, if, uh, obviously if he knows like, you know, you know, name, where you're from, kids, no kid, you know, all that kind of stuff. I like uh, questions like um, if you could choose one like dream or one goal in life, what would that be? I like that kind of question. I like um, I like if you can relive one time from the past. You know what would that be? I like stuff like what your, was your happiest memory, your 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 saddest memory. I like things like what do you do? You know what are your hobbies? What do you do when you're all alone? What do you you know what would you do if you had more time in your life? Um, I also like uh, the question of um, which a friend of mine told me she went out with a guy and he asked her this, which I think is very sweet. He asked her, what, what's the best gift she ever received? And I think that's a really nice question to ask a, a woman if you're on the, the, a few dates with her. Because, you know, how she answers, by the way, is um, we'll be telling. If she's like, oh, my God, the best thing I ever received was the Louis Vuitton mini pochette or whatever. I mean, not to say that that's not a nice gift. It's a gorgeous gift, and it might be the best gift she ever received. And it would be one of the best gifts I could receive, right? But that might say you know, that she's into like that kind of stuff and maybe that's not your thing. Or, you know, maybe someone says like, oh, my boyfriend made me a scrapbook of like all the places that we traveled together. And like that, you know, that's, that's, that's really thoughtful and heartwarming. And I, I, I think that that would, that kind of question tells you a lot. So that's that. Cool. Quote of the day. I, I love this. It's from The Office. Do you like that show? I, I, I feel like you do. Because I feel like everybody likes it. Like Michael Scott, Steve Carell. Oh my God, I love him. Anyway, here's the quote from Michael Scott, Steve Carell of The Office. I'm not superstitious. I'm just a little stitches. <laughs> I just think that's so funny. That's all for today of the Elise Lucci show. Thank you for listening. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And again, I say this every week like a beggar. Um, if you love it, and you want to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, I would be so appreciative, and I will talk to you next time. Bye-bye.